0: Hey, this is Jeffrey Nothing, and you're listening to Interview Under
1: Fire. All right, welcome back, everyone. Sonny and Corey here, uh, my co host with another brand-new edition of Interview Under Fire. We got another special episode today, and joining us is Jeffrey Nothing. Thank you so much for taking the time to join our podcast today on IUF. This is an important yet exciting time of the year for you with the release of your new single, Paint the Whole Dream Evil, out now on all streaming platforms. You know, first off, congratulations on all the well-deserved acknowledgments it's been getting so far. But before we get to that, we're going to ask a very important question for you, Jeff. Okay. Uh, And it's a very simple one, but I think it's a very important one considering where we are at our lives at this point. How are you, man? (laughs) You know, Um, how have things been for you out in Ohio and how's life out there since our lives has pretty much been changed back in March?
0: Yeah, it gets a little a uh, little claustrophobic at times, being home home so much, but uh, I'm pretty good. I mean, my family's going through some uh, a lot of medical situations, so that's kind of crazy. I just found out about a bunch of it today, but I'm doing myself and pretty well. It's just left taken.
1: You know, being away um, from the stage a lot as of late, you know, a lot of the artists nowadays and, you know, making the best of this crazy situation is easier said than done. But how are you keeping up your vocals these days? Is that affecting your musicianship? Has anything changed for you routine wise lately, if at all?
0: Um, I, I always had other people driving uh, when I track things. And I, about two months ago, finally got my home studio going. So that's definitely different. I got some monitors and a good model and box. So I can finally track myself pretty well. I'm, I'm, I'm in the crawling stage right now. I can't wait till I'm running a little bit
1: but I'm, I'm, yeah i'm assuming do you live, you live in a place where you can What's yeah that? i'm assuming you live in a place where you can just like belt out and sing as much as you want right Without oh yeah my neighbor
0: to the right and we kind of share driveways the driveways are right up against each other he's a black and death metal fan The people oh on his side are at least a little ways away so we've actually rehearsed here it's pretty cool
1: awesome that's pretty awesome you know Throughout your career, you've been at this for nearly 40 years, and whether it's with, whether it's with you know Mushroomhead or White Heat or Purgatory, hatricks foos you know, how was the touring life for you personally, Jeff? Because you've done some extensive touring throughout your your career, whether it's at Heaven and Hell Metal Fest, Oz Fest, Mayhem Festival, you know, me and Corey were able to go there a couple of times. You know, Sun Sounds Underground, another example. Yeah. What was your biggest takeaway from the touring life? Because now you're kind of just taking like an unseen step back, and does it make you have a growing appreciation of the touring life because we're talking culture the fans even the food there's just so many things to pick apart about what makes touring amazing what was your favorite part about it
0: I, i think it's finally getting all the places i dreamed about being on stage in. i mean i used to go wow i hope i one day make it to new york i hope i one day make it to la and i've been to moscow australia twice europe many times it's just amazing to see all the other cultures still love the music and watch everybody singing all the words back and everything. It, it's just amazing, really. You're, you're like a kid starting out and you dream these things. And then I can remember thinking some venues were so big and then you end up getting on the stage and you're like, wow, this place is tiny. But uh, it's just amazing to get to do it and uh, have fans really love it. And that's really why I wanted to ever make music.
2: Do you, uh? do you have like a, like a standout show that you've done, or like a favorite place to uh, perform at.
0: Really, there's like too many to list as far as favorite places, but I can remember back in the day in Purgatory, we were playing with Saxon, and it was supposed to be Paul Diano's Battle Zone, and for whatever reason, he ended up having to cancel, and. And we were right before Saxon. And I remember being on the ramp, getting ready to go on stage. And the ramp was shaking so much from just how intense the crowd was building up to to us being on stage. And then another one that was huge is uh, we uh, got to play um, OzFest Europe. And our first show was Castle Donington. I always remember, I always thought that place is like the epitome of the European metal metal, uh, venue. And to do our first show there and, and just how crazy the side stage was, just for that whole run, it was us and American Head Charge and some other really cool bands, but it was so intense to finally get oh. there and be a part of something so big.
1: How long ago was that show? Now that I'm thinking about those bands that you just listed,
0: uh, it was crazy. It was um, 2002 and Universal split assets between us and Flaw. And for whatever reason, we got the second half and that included Europe and all that. And I, I believe they might have ended up over there too, but it's just really cool to be on a festival that yeah, yeah. big and uh, like Kelly and some of her friends. And we saw uh, Jack a few times, but not really got to see Ozzy or Sharon, but it was still great to be a
1: part. Right. Yeah, and just little things like that, like you start to really start to recollect like, oh, man, I don't even notice that, you know, before this point. like you start to notice little things right now that we're home, yeah. you know, things that maybe you didn't appreciate before. Now, you know, very popular topic on our show, which has been for the last eight months, which I can't believe it's been eight months already. I can't believe yeah. I'm even saying that. But a lot of the artists that, are, that we bought on the show, you know, Corey and me, and you've seen this, Jeff, you know, for the last eight months, and a lot, everyone's been doing it live streaming a lot of mm-hmm. the artists what they do on stage are taking it to the screen like we're doing right now. You know, I believe Code Orange was one of the first bands to do it. I don't know if you knew about that empty concert they did in that venue in Pittsburgh and then they streamed it for the fr- streamed right. it for the fans like 2 days right after the pandemic was announced and then bands like Lamb of God and then Insomnium and I think next week August Burns Red is doing one oh, cool. a live streaming. And it's just become the norm as far as that is concerned. But I wanted to ask, you know, considering All the experiences that you've taken in throughout your career, Jeff, all the musicians you met, all the venues, all the different shows that you've performed and all that just experience, you know, again, I wanted to ask you as an artist, you know, do you think the quarantine induced live streaming surge that we're seeing right now from all these artists, is that going to affect the touring musician business going forward in your eyes? Do you still see bands doing this even after all this is over?
0: I believe that when it, when it passes, it'll, I'm not sure what the new normal will be, but I think it'll try to be as much as it can be the old way because there's just no no comparing to that artist fan middle there where it, where it meets the front of the pit. It's just yeah. there's nothing like that. And it's great that these artists do these podcasts or the streaming version, but I, I feel like people will be chomping at the bit to get back to what it was in whatever way that is now there's really no substitute of watching everybody singing the words and just the excitement in all their eyes and everything it's it's what makes it magic
1: yeah i mean jeff live experience is what makes who you are i mean throughout your career you know it's a whole different energy you exhibit on stage as opposed to yeah it's great I we love that we get the chance to talk to you right now it supposed to be a different thing if it, if it wasn't if it was a person you, know, you know what i'm saying right but you know yeah. two months ago i don't know if cory had this had this experience or jeff a- as well but i went to um metallica two months ago mm. i don't know if you knew about this They did this live streaming show not live streaming it was pre-recorded and then they presented it for the fans for one weekend in the states you know the entire the, the whole nation
2: yeah. and
1: dallas sold out you know just like that luckily a friend of mine was able to have a spare ticket and I went, you know. I uh, I didn't know what to expect, but it just made me miss the live experience even more, I yeah. guess. You know, and yeah. what's the what's the most popular phrase we hear at a metal show? Oh, let me see your horns. And you see just a
0: yeah. sea of
1: horns of just fans like throughout the entire crowd. Instead, sure. what do we get? What do we get? We got so three honking, days crazy.
0: Honking horns. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was so crazy. <laughs> if,
1: if you roll down your window, yeah. like just in in the middle of the night, you just hear cars just honking, like in this, you know, and it was it was at a very open part in Dallas. It was like a deserted area. They had a drive-in theater like at the backdrop, and you just hear that like, and it, it was it was crazy. I've it's never experienced cool. it. like it.
0: Yeah, it's cool that there's ways to still get some of the experience at least. So
1: yeah, and you I'm happy know, for that. yeah, definitely. But of course, nothing takes away from live streaming experience. Of course, and um, I had me and Corey had the liberty to mosh in our own rooms if we wanted to. There's always that. <laughs> but in my experience
2: in my experience uh just being a fan of music i don't think uh i would hate for to just lose out on uh concerts in general because yeah you know my my thing is if i want to listen to uh, a band then i i have their album right yeah but going to the concerts for me is more visually which you know in my opinion uh jeff you you have uh, one of the most creative uh, minds um, in the industry, and uh, for me, you know, top, you know, you you've you've made a, a special place in my in my mind for those visuals um, going to the uh,
1: the concerts, and um, you know, that I would hate to miss out on that, you know. Yeah, and Corey, and Corey, you're an artist too, so a lot of what you do exhibits, you know, from Jeff's Jeff's influence. So yeah yeah oh wow that's awesome appreciate that i I know jeff we talked about everything from head to toe i promise we'll talk about the new singles right now because it's really good stuff you know paint the whole dream evil and never enough um everyone who's listening it's out now 2020 you know 2020 we need more of jeffrey nothing (laughs) (laughs) you know i want to ask you know when did production for these songs uh you know when did they start for you was it pre-covid i mean did you already know anything about the virus or anything like that because Early in the year, we had some whispers going on, even from, like, late 2019. But when did production start for you for these two songs specifically?
0: Um, I'd say probably around March, April on Never Enough, and then, like, maybe May on Painting the Whole Dream Evil. But, um, yeah, there wasn't really a connection there, and it's interesting, because even my Candy songs seem to really fit the state of the world as far as Downfall of Your Army. and Definitely and, um, and uh, Crack Fire, for that matter. But yeah, it's just uh, a lot of ways coincidental. It's just I try to write with the save the world in mind a lot of times.
1: <clears throat> How much did things change from when you first started composing on these tracks to where you ended up finishing it? Did a lot change in between? Did nothing change in between? Was there already a specific sound you knew you wanted with these songs?
0: Um. It really doesn't change all that much. I mean, Tommy will change the arrangement a little bit or, or move one of my parts into another part that I didn't expect it to be in. But really, those just really happen pretty much how they were, were planned. And um, I like this, yeah. this state of, of tracking and writing because uh, the cups are kind of off and I'm doing a lot more of what I would have wanted to do in the songs, so that's cool.
1: Yeah, it does give you that freedom. And uh, as far as producing and mixing, were you involved in that specifically yourself, or did you bring other personnel in to help you out with that?
0: No, it's just Tommy Church and I mostly. I mean, he's just uh, incredible on in every aspect of music, as far as I'm concerned. And he just, I- I've never had this kind of canvas to paint on. I really appreciate the opportunity to be here now.
1: Yeah, speaking of Tommy, was there a sense of I'm I'm assuming there could be a sense of comfortability for you in the studio knowing that he was there, right?
0: Yeah, definitely. And um we uh back where we were, we had a lot more going on than we ever got to bring to the table. And um it's just great cause uh um the sky's really limited it's the the COVID has him in North Carolina instead of the cleveland area but we, we do as much as he can he sends me new ideas all the time and i start writing i used to just write on my ipad and use my headphones and just hear the voice in my head but now i get to actually track.
1: you know between <clears throat> writing and then you know structuring the songs and the production process like we talked about jeff you know what challenges did you personally face this time around if any that you may have not faced with your previous music acts throughout your career
0: it's just uh I don't mind this right now because it's just a state of the music business, I believe. And maybe things were, more, were normal, there'd be more interest going on. But we're really doing this all ourselves right now. And I don't I don't mind it. I think it it gives you a lot more freedom to not really have to live up to deadlines as much and, or putting out more songs than people want you to have out without a label behind it. But this is really the first project that hasn't been signed other than maybe White Heat but uh, it is a a new ball game and I kind of enjoy it in ways.
1: Yeah. You know, me and Corey had a chance to check out those, those two singles like we've been talking about. Is there a theme to this? Cause uh, I feel like there was a theme to these two songs and to what level do you like to have a theme for your records, Jeff, and how important are themes to you? Is that more about helping you, right or sound or is that more for the audience because a lot of artists you know they don't really care about things they just do 10 songs in the studio and that's it but i felt like with you there's a specific dilemma you wanted to reach with paint the whole dream evil and never enough
0: i think um i think kind of like with the state of the world or the united states basically i think um, a lot of change just happened and it was kind of like stifling a little bit what was going on before that and and in my own life, that was kind of a situation too. And then, um, I just feel in a lot higher place just in my mood and, um, and my freedoms and, um, Tommy, I believe would be in that same state of mind too. Just the sky's the limit where there was a lot of limits in other situations.
1: Do you see these songs as a snapshot of where you are at a certain time in your life?
0: Yeah. I, I guess I would, Kind of, I mean, I'm definitely in a better place. I, uh, I've, I've had some struggles just trying to <clears throat> like uh, wonder what this is all about to an extent, but I feel a uh, lot, I feel like I'm in a lot better place, like I said. And um, it should be coming clearer what the point of all of it is.
1: Yeah, you know, it's <laughs> it's easy to look at a song and it could be like, like a song that you released this year. And you could look back on and say oh this was the pandemic song you know it's it's easy yeah. to say that but i felt like a lot of the struggles that everyone has gone through you know you know we all have individual have gone through struggles this year yeah it's been hard on everybody but it's i feel like a way you know we're talking about what we love to do right now you and me and corey yeah. you know what we are passionate about is music and 2020 did give us a chance to grow that's the positive i take out of it um if if anything, you know you could, but because there's no pandemic, there's no uh, protocol for a pandemic when it comes to releasing your music, no. right? You're just like, okay, so here's the pandemic, here's what we do, here's the rules. Okay, one, two, three. There's nothing like that, you know. Did that ever cross your mind, Jeff? Like, if you wa- ever wanted to delay releasing this music, did that ever? Okay, I don't know how people are going to perceive it. I don't know if this is going to gain any traction, any views, any any you know something like that. Did, did that ever cross your mind or? you just wanted to stick to the schedule to releasing the music that you wanted to put out.
0: Yeah, It's kind of like the contrary of uh, wanting to delay it because I feel like um, in the way that there is no shows and, and there has been probably some records that have been held back and just want to get some music out and give, give the fans something new to hear. Cause I mean, um, there was a, a time when we were waiting to hopefully shop and, and see what was out there, but I'm glad we're just at a point where it's just get some songs out. And then lately, I heard that Spotify wanted the artists to present a new song every three weeks, or they may drop mm. them. And that that's like a crazy schedule to try and keep up with. And we could probably do it, which is insane to say. But we we just have a big catalog that we want to get out there.
1: Yeah, and you have a big following. What are, what did I say earlier? Yeah, the the world could use more Jeffrey Nothing, yeah. and. Corey, you can chime in on this at any moment because the next topic I want to talk about is the, I know you're outside the city of Cleveland, but we talked about like where you're at and I want to talk about the local music scene there. Cause we've heard bands, you know, like some of the notable bands out there are like Nine Inch Nails, Chimera, and then bands like Affiance and Ringworm. How has that music scene changed through your experience?
0: Um, it's crazy. I, uh, I back in the day, I didn't really speak to Mark Conner a lot and i, I been talking to him a lot lately and he had a, a throat issue and um i haven't heard him sing anytime soon anytime recently but he really is a, a great artist and i i believe he's been um taking pictures at weddings mostly and that's yeah a, that's
1: um we awesome. actually yeah uh, i don't mean to cut you off there but i was just, i was just gonna say add to that you know mark is actually going to be a guest on our show sometime soon so um it'll be great to have him on but you know me and Corey grew up listening to chimera. So I knew there had to be no way like you and Mark had to, you know, Yeah, <laughs> that'd be great to do a good collaboration. Just saying, that's just the fan aspect of me. I'm just going to throw it out there. So yeah, do whatever I'm... you want with that idea.
0: <laughs> I've offered him a, a spot on a song. Anytime he's ready, he hasn't got back to me about how the voice is doing, but um, I definitely want that to happen.
1: Hey, I, I have his this... email. I'll, who knows? Let's see. <laughs> uh, we could, we'll, we'll, that's definitely a possibility.
0: Yeah. I remember uh, it was the hatrix days and um Camera was just starting out, and I saw a couple of shows, and I was like, "You guys are amazing!" Then, and we uh, talked about doing shows together back then. But then that was around the time that we became more a of and yeah. Um,
1: that's
0: cool. That just kind of out the window for whatever reason. But I'm happy that we're um, friends now and talking.
1: Yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah. I Go ahead, don't, Corey,
2: I don't really have uh, too much to say about the the local scene uh, per se, but. I, I am interested in knowing, um, you know, what are what are some of your bigger influences in music?
0: Um, it's really strange because I, I I started goofing around singing with a hairbrush for a microphone when I was about six.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: <And laughs> The good. crazy. Thing is, I was singing the Osmonds and the Jacksons. <laughs> oh, okay, Hating <laughs> <laughs> myself just a little bit, but anyway, uh, <clears throat> I uh, found the Graham Funk Survival on a track I wrote when I was fifteen, and that record had a lot of really cool covers on it and, um, like priest and maiden and, uh, just all the, all the heavy stuff back in the day. And then I just started widening my, my, uh, horizon of influences. I love Bjork. I, uh,
1: Oh, there there we we go. Now we're talking. (laughs) I
0: really try to sing a little bit of everybody. There was a time when John Bush stuck out in my boys and Ian Asbury from the cult and
1: yeah, we had John Bush on our show. Uh, from Armored Saint, you know, he was also an yep. actor. But John Bush was on our show back in what is it? I want to say uh, September. Yeah, it wasn't too long but, ago. Yeah, great, great guy, great artist. Yeah, what, a, what, I, a, hum, what a humble guy. I'm very humble.
0: <laughs> I just saying everything that was ever on rock radio growing up. Every everything I heard, I would try to sing it. Um, the best way to be something different is to really not have a specific influence. I think there's right people that can emulate something and by the time their project is happening, the other artist um, is still there or whatever. Like, I I feel like the main one that really epitomized sound like a lot of other people was, uh, Scott Weiland, I believe his
1: name. Oh,
0: okay. You know, I like a few bands, but it's really interesting, but, um, I just try to sing whatever sound like, whatever, sing what I'm feeling.
2: Yeah. You know, um, go into uh, the visuals. Okay. Are are there, do you have like um, hobbies or um, did you, you know, dip into art, uh, you know, before music or, I mean, because, you know, I'm trying to think, uh, you know, I can think of uh, bands like Kiss and um, let's see, around that time there was uh, uh, King, uh, King Diamond, you know, they did the face paints and stuff. uh, You guys came with uh, a whole new, a whole to me, a whole new aspect in, in visuals um, mm-hmm. with the mask, and then uh, you know later on you introduced uh, like uh, the water drums and stuff like that. Yeah, uh, yeah was was there any type of um, uh, hobbies or or anything like that before?
0: I mean, we were all always about horror and. Okay. I would put on shows in my neighborhood and all the other kids would come and watch us and we just sing with whatever album and act like we were playing it. I took a million guitar and bass lessons. It's just never really clicked for me, but I was always happy to sing a little bit. And, um, I love drawing logos. I, I took every art class that was available in high school and even took commercial art for one year, but I just, I think a lot of people the art will cross genres and it was Drawing
1: as as I can remember. Yeah, Yeah. Um, you couldn't have made that transition easier for me, Jeff. So I know we've talked plenty on your music career, but I would also like to jump into some other amazing work in your involvement in the film industry. And you've done work in films such as, you know, The Dead Matter, 13th Sign, Attacked On Set, Dead Quiet, and your upcoming film Dwellers, where you have collaborated with producer Dave Ellison who my listeners don't know that he's Megadeth uh, guitarist who is also part of ellison films mm-hmm. where and when did the passion for film come into play for you um what
0: was weird about the dead matter i felt like i was by the time they cut a lot of it i felt like i was a poster like you see me in the background but i filmed about a minute anyway there wasn't a lot but um um 13 sign was just a producer in michigan invited whale and i to kind of be extras and then they decided to build a movie around this and the only issue with that was um they had a director lie about what he'd done and he wanted to make it like some other story instead of a horror movie so he got let go part way through production and then they brought in somebody else but it, it was just very disjointed and um um Dead Quiet, I really had a great time doing. I uh, one-shot my parts in three days before I left for tour, and then they built the rest around it, and that was a lot more fun. The weird thing for me is I ended up making these movies in Michigan when it's about five degrees, and um, (laughs) um, 13th Sign, I had, like, uh, fresh scab and stage blood up to my – like, past my elbows, and – I'd sit there and feel like a human popsicle. Just have kind of a blow dryer on me and a fleece blanket, a little bit waiting to film. It's just not as cold as I've ever been in. A, until, of course, uh, the "Save Us" video. That was in the Cleveland Opera Company warehouse, and oh, okay. they didn't have any heat there.
2: I love that video. And, by um, the way.
0: they sprayed me with water before they started doing the makeup. Like,
1: <laughs>
0: this was probably eighteen degrees. I'm just sitting there with a blow dryer gun trying to stay warm. But I just, um, my mom took me to some plays when I was a kid and I just, I just always appreciated acting, even if I'm not going to get an Academy award anytime soon. It's just fun.
2: Yeah. Uh, speaking of, speaking of that, uh, the dead quiet or the, uh, yeah. Dead quiet. Is that, uh, still in post-production or is, is um, there a release date for it or.
0: Yeah. The, the release date came and went it's, uh, had some, uh, like they did some audio, but nobody was ever really happy with it. And we're still trying to get the audio made, they mm. matched the film. And then, um, the producer uh, decided she didn't want to be involved anymore, so the, the American branch of the production company uh bought it from her or something. And I'm really hoping it'll see the light of day here soon. I thought it was fun. And uh, Kip Weeks, who was in The Strangers, he was the, the main bad guy, he's like the Sort of heroish character in it, so it was nice to be the creature, other
1: than the normal <laughs> people in the movie. Right? Yeah. yeah. Right. What? How much of it? How much of Dwellers can you tell us? And how much, you know, have you have you have you met Dave in person? Like getting to work with him?
0: Yeah, I um I actually met him after I had done the the shoot, and uh, he was in Cleveland, and um I went up and did some backups on peace cells in front of not a gigantic crowd, but it was fun to be. That's honest. awesome. But um, it was just really fun. I uh, I was playing a homeless guy that escaped where the the um, issues started happening. And I purposely let my hair grow in because it doesn't really cooperate on a normal scale. And I also let my facial hair grow in a lot. And then I wore, like, uh, bifocals with a line through I'm Just trying to look as crazy as <laughs> possible um, It was really windy that day, so I put a bunch of rocks on top of the script and I was just looking down reading it and uh drew the uh director producer guy he was just really into it cuz I it was like I was playing with the rocks you didn't know I was trying to hold my script down but yeah. it was just really fun and I was going from like talking normal to kind of laughing to kind of crying it was just a real fun thing to do in a way I it was just me other than my funky hair I had going in but uh, <laughs> it was fun to just goof around and enjoy the uh, shoot and my wife did a scene even though she was a little not thrilled to be doing it but she I think she had fun too and then Tommy even shot a couple lines so
1: yeah what's the most you know it got me thinking you know what's the most rewarding part for someone like you who's who has been with involved with so many other different talented individuals throughout your career did it play a part in helping you grow as an artist
0: yeah I mean I got to meet um a lot of people I looked up to as singers like david wayne i uh I met one of their last tours with metal church, and he actually was at my house for a while and then wow, just like Peter Steele came out on stage and said, um, shook all of our hands and then said that night on stage that we were the best band that ever opened for him just like things I'd never thought of happening in my life started happening so that I mean, my favorite part of doing music, though, is I'll get letters from people that tell me, thank you, your music kept my brother alive longer than he would have been. Or I'll get letters from people that served in wars and they uh, listen to our music to pass the time and not go a little crazy over there. Just things like that really mean a lot to me.
1: Yeah. Hey, we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the music you put out. So there's another example. So, um, you know, have your aspirations as a person... Or even a band, have they changed or evolved since when you first started performing in the industry? Do you see things differently now?
0: Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, um, I, I could see where most bands, with, like my, myself included, would think everybody you're doing this is always going to be your friend. And um, I used to hear how certain bands hated each other they stayed together for the money or the career or whatever. But I never thought it would come to me so personally. It's just, I always want to make music, and I hope I can always see that crowd singing every word. And it just means a lot because I used to wonder how other talents would think of my songs, and it's just going to a place that's really cool. But there got to be a point where I just stayed in my bunk, kind of, and um, other than going on stage.
1: Here's a, here's so. a good one. Um, if you weren't a musician, what would you be doing right now? <laughs>
0: I I used to think in a way uh, it's it's got a little bit of morbid side. I used to think without the release, I might end up a serial killer. And that's not, not a good thing. (laughs) Definitely, definitely um, a therapy in its own right. Being able to sing. And even back in the day, I would, I I never was good, but I'd drum along with records just to get that aggression out. But um, I don't really know. I mean, I've had a few people in my time told me I would have made a good social worker. I don't, I don't
1: know. You know, it's funny. I always i, I hear that answer a lot. The social worker, that, yeah. that's a very popular, and, and there's no right or wrong answer to this question. I always like answering asking this question because listen to everything you just talked about, Jeff, you know, in the last uh, 30 minutes. It's just so many things have encompassed throughout your career that, that taught you to grow into the person you are today. And I love asking that question because a lot of artists, could, they could be like, man, I can't think of anything as I would be if it wasn't... Uh, I, I would i have to be involved in music there's no other way i could do this you know and i there was another artist we interviewed in australia earlier this week and she was like i, I want to be a trucker and i was like whoa okay that's new you know it's always interesting to uh, dig in the mind of a musician so uh um, paolo paolo from uh flesh god he he said he would be a professional soccer player oh yeah that was yeah. I, that was a great one too um but yeah that was the first time we got a serial killer. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't. We run, so we're we can't get that crazy. But I like to open up a <laughs> bearded dragon rescue because all these people get them as little babies, and they're the cutest thing in the world. And then get old or older, and it's like uh, I'm not as excited about my bearded dragon anymore.
2: <laughs> well, you're you're <laughs> you're ordained too, right?
0: Yeah, I did that in 2009. I used to, I used to just do it by word of mouth, and um, it's it's really cool. I did a wedding on Halloween and they um, yeah. use one more day as their bridal dance. And then that's they cool. asked if I would go up there with Stacy and dance with them and sing it.
2: <laughs> that's pretty cool.
0: I, I did it. Yeah. and uh, Toward the end, I, uh, I started crying actually. <laughs> yeah. And I got through it. All right. It was just like one line was a little bit, yeah. not, not perfectly
2: sang, but. Uh, well, that's, I mean, that's just a, for me, that would be amazing. I mean, that would be. Because obviously, uh, you know, getting married is a huge part of two people's lives, right? Yeah. And, and for them to want you to be a part of that special event, um, yeah. that's pretty amazing. Yeah, and it's
0: really cool. When I first did it, uh, I, I don't have a uh, copyrighted or anything, but I, I call it what I do till death to us part. And um, my first two weddings, I did them in a cemetery.
2: Mm.
0: I, my reason oh, wow. was wanted If you start where you're supposed to end, maybe you'll have a better marriage.
1: Right, yeah. That's (laughs) that's unique. That's a good way to look at it. Um, So, Jeff, we're reaching, the unfortunately, the last part of the interview, but this is one of our favorite parts. Uh, We do this for all our guests. What we're going to do is we're going to put you on the hot seat. seat. All right, Corey, that's for you. You want to go and take the helm here?
2: Yeah, yeah. Okay, so, Jeff, this this portion is uh, we're going to test – your lyrics and how well you know them. Okay. Okay. And you have, you've been in this industry for quite some time. So we have, uh, we don't have a lot to cover, but we have a lot of years to cover. And uh, it's going to um, spread throughout your whole
1: uh, discography. Yeah. Your whole catalog. Yeah. Yep, Your
2: whole catalog from, from most of your bands. All right. You up for this?
0: Yeah.
2: All right. He's not nervous Uh, at all. (laughs) It doesn't sound like it. (laughs) <laughs> all right, and I'm not going to tell you what band it's with.
1: Uh, for what Corey's going like... to do, he's where Corey's going to—he's going to read the lyric of the song. Okay, he won't tell you. He won't tell you anything. Just the lyric of the song, and you just—you just have to guess the song. <laughs>
0: okay, so I'm
1: gonna—I'm gonna try to start easy and kind of work my way on up to a
2: little bit harder. All
0: right,
2: all right. So first one, let's hit the ceiling and commence to killing. All the injustice and organized prejudice.
0: Never enough, champion. never enough.
2: There we go. That was never good. enough. Yeah, that was earlier this year. So, yeah. all right, let's go back a little bit further. Okay. Um, okay. And it's all I've ever wanted to believe that peace could grow inside of you. In spite of me, humanity, I hope you're out there somewhere.
0: That's Save Us by Much remote and that's that's part of that song that happened.
2: Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, that we, we were just talking about that. They, that oh no no uh no one more day is what you said okay all right cool cool going on you're you're doing well all right so here we go uh can I believe this much now keeping deceased in touch our wealth our world satisfied how do you pacify your lies they feed you life
0: like a dahlia Jeffrey nothing
1: first record.
2: 2011
1: yeah he, he, he gets the record too that's yeah that,
2: that's, that's pretty good that is good all right all right um this
1: so one's wh- more recent this one's a little yeah more this
2: recent. one's this one's a little bit more recent yeah so why did we come here breed in the first place if not to become much more more than just a face from this body we're hanging high and yet we're becoming perfectly numb to life alone in this casket that space that's inside up. Uh, nice.
1: Yeah.
2: Ah, oh, so far so good. <laughs> all right, let's. Oh, I have that written down twice. Okay. Uh, all right. Here we go. Here we go. Yeah. This one's this one's one of my favorites. Beat like a dog, pissing all over shit on a rug. Uh, lie down and roll over. Shove my nose in the floor. Make me think about what I have done.
0: That, what's uh interesting about that one is i sang it but i didn't
2: write it oh you didn't write this one okay
0: uh it uh that's um simpleton mushroom
2: okay yeah. okay who wrote that one
0: hey, Amen.
1: okay okay okay
0: that's i love that song by the way that's
1: yeah, a good one all right man he got all of them right i he know so far five. and, he, and might, that, he might just get all of them this is that r- was, this is rare for us by the way uh, that was so that was so long ago <laughs> yeah
2: um and i and to my knowledge uh it hasn't been saying live in a long time yeah not not for a while that was like the early shows only really. yeah alright this one okay so I'm gonna read okay strive for per- uh, perfection and strike with precision soon it blows up in your face and the smoke blurs your vision but now you're fading fast maybe your time has passed bound and gagged never let it go Mushroom. Never let it go. Yeah. Yeah. That's a J part, too. I only wrote
0: a little
1: bit of that. So. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Super Buick. Yeah. All right. Last All one. Right, last one. Last one. Let's see if you can get this one. He'll get this one at this point. At this I think point, so. I think so.
2: I think so. Yeah. All right. Screaming iron drives bone uh, crushing steel, pumping pistons headed for the kill. Edge of laughter, black insanity, bring death savior crashing down on me
0: that was uh the first song in that band that I actually came up put the music for it too. title purgatory uh, gosh
1: that's dang. so crazy that's so, crazy, so that you crazy got that um man we've had artists who could be there they were like oh yeah I'll get every song and they got every one of them wrong <laughs> and then artists would be like oh I'm not gonna get any of them right and they get all of them right it's so interesting but you got it like on the teeth. you didn't even so, hesitate yeah so like we- yeah it's, yeah this is save us yeah this is psychedelia yes this a dead space yeah. like you got it all that's, after
2: another. yeah that's pretty good that's pretty good because you have a i mean i had a hard time picking the songs because there was so much yeah. so yeah it's just really good
1: it, it also shows like the evolution of you know the just the, the the content and the lyrics of what you wrote and or even what if your you know your uh, colleagues have written you know yeah. It shows the evolution of your lyrics, how you've grown as a writer, as a composer. I, I just think that's amazing. We could go through all the songs, but I'll take us forever. Yeah. But um, <laughs> I got, I got two,
2: I got two questions. Right? One, out of all the songs that you've written, that you've written, what's your favorite?
0: Um, I just always keep going back to it because it was about what was going on in life and um, home, uh, becoming cold. Two one six.
2: Okay, yeah, that's a good one. Um, also, I want to touch base a little bit more on uh, some future work. We saw the two, uh, we saw the two singles, and then one we actually saw an actual music video that showed, you know, uh, the band members and whatnot. Yeah. From here on out, are we going to be? Can we expect something in um, the near future?
0: Um, we're working on, a. we've actually played this song live a few times. It's called The The Collector, and that's um, um, Noah's playing live drums on it here pretty soon. It was electronic. And then um, we have access to a Sony Red in Michigan, and a, a guy up there does a lot of aerial stuff with drones, so nice. a lot of shoot will be from home like we did with we the whole Dream Evil, but we're working on that with that one right now.
2: Okay. Any uh, any idea of a um, a release date for like an album or something?
0: Um, I, I feel like I want to continue the path we're using right now and do um, songs online, and then um, eventually I want to get in the studio and just make I don't know about it completely new versions, but I want to take them somewhere right. else. On the
2: record. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Right well, on. we pretty much covered everything from head to toe. Uh, Corey, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm it's asking a... that question because I didn't ask you how you were doing at the beginning. Oh, Corey, okay. Yeah. No, no. That. <laughs> I'm good. You know, it, it's, uh, you
2: know, I was trying not to be uh, s- starstruck, I guess, if you will. <laughs> I, I'm a huge fan of uh, Jeff's, huge fan for a long time. Uh, since 2002, actually, I, I saw, um, uh, I was young. I'm a youngster. So 2002, I can't even tell you. I was like 13 or something. Um, and I saw a magazine. I can't even remember what the magazine was, but it was OzFest. It was a OzFest magazine. And I saw I saw a picture of you in there. Or maybe, I think it was a picture of you. So I was like, what is this? I think it was me this? and two
0: other people and it was a metal hammer. Yeah, okay, there
2: but you the go. The that he knows that. What like, is it's this? Just like, this is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> the cover
1: out of the rest of the bands on the Yeah. Episode. Yeah, yeah I so thought my memory was amazing. Your memory's like your you, it's so, that.
2: <laughs> so thanks to that, you know, thanks to that uh magazine, I was um, you know, drawn in. I I, I grew up in the country and stuff. So my my music um, it didn't really expand until a little bit later. So um you were no, one of the
0: more piece in David Raymond and I and it was the Freaks issue. Oh yeah.
1: Wow. <laughs> That's
2: crazy. Yeah, yeah. So so it was, it was an honor having you on. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, again, again, this goes, this ties back to, you know, just, it, it means that much more to have you on. Cause we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the music you put out through your career. But, uh, you know, having said that, Jeff, do you have any like last words, any shout outs, any plugs, you want your listeners to know about Jeffrey, nothing moving forward. Uh, hmm. uh, or do we pretty uh, much cover cool. everything?
0: I to my daughter, Mia, my wife, Stacy, my mother, and Jeanette. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm just excited to keep going here and make, make more music. And it's really odd because I I really want to make the show a spectacle instead of just there's a band on stage at this club. I want to make it a real show. And, and this time, if nothing else, has given us the time to, to polish it a little more. And um, hopefully everything goes back to semi-normal. Everybody can interact and make the shows what they are by having fans there.
1: Yeah. And you know, everything that you're doing right now, it just adds fuel to the fire for what you're gonna put out to the fans when all our, whenever all this is over. So um we can't wait to do this. You know, you know, hopefully we get to do this again in person when you guys come to Dallas, gas monkeys open again and we can do the in-person interviews like we used to. It'd be great to, you know, get to see you yeah, in person and, and I performance <laughs> and yeah. And everyone who's listening, this is Jeffrey Nothing. And don't forget to check out his two singles, Paint the Whole Dream Evil and Never Enough, out now on all streaming platforms. Jeff, thank you so much. Corey, thanks for joining me as my host, co host today. Uh, Jeff, you be safe out there in Cleveland or close to Cleveland, wherever you are in Ohio. Ohio. Mm -hmm. And uh, we'll do this again next time, man. It's
0: been a great time. Thanks for the opportunity. You guys are always. Let's take the whole dream.
2: Or you can write us directly at schwag at interviewunderfire.com. That's S-C-H-W-A-G at interviewunderfire.com. Or RezaBlade, that's R-E-Z-A-B-L-A-D-E at fire.